Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,257. This month, I'm celebrating Women's History Month by interviewing 21 inspiring automotive enthusiasts, women who work in the automotive industry. And today, I talk to a Porsche racer, so buckle up. Intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in from Santa Monica, California, Martina Kwan. Hey, Martina, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Absolutely. I'm fully ready. All right. Now, you've heard that many times being a race car driver. Martina Kwan is a Hong Kong-born, Chinese-German, British-American race car driver from Los Angeles, California. She has lived in Asia and the Middle East, and her mark of choice is my mark of choice, which is Porsche, which she drives exclusively. She started going to racetracks in California in 2015, and the Porsche Owners Club, or with the club, and quickly picked up the right line around the track. She earned a first place on the Porsche Owners Club MS Racing Class in 2017, and in 2018, the first in the club's M4 Racing Class, as well as picking up the Most Improved Time Trial Drivers Award. She holds track records and is a National Certified Porsche Club of America driving instructor. Martina's goal is to inspire young women and girls to be themselves and dare to be different. I love that. So, Martina, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment, share a little bit more about your life, your career, and your passion for driving Porsches really fast? Sure. Hi, Mark. Thank you, first of all, for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> My name is Martina Kwan, and, and I live in Southern California. And one of the greatest things about this place and one of my greatest passions is, you know, driving my Porsche 911. So currently I have a 911 race car as well as a GT3 RS and cars are, are really what I love to do. You know, what's really cool about this is uh, your backstory and your life. And we're going to get into some of these things. You've had an amazing life. You lived in some incredible places and experienced some darn scary stuff. And the fact that you ended up landing in Los Angeles and you're participating in driving events and getting out there and, and having some fun in cars, I think is absolutely fantastic. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars. Yeah. So Martina, as I know you love to do, take the wheel. Okay. Thank you. So in racing and, and other areas of life, I mean, there are so many ingredients to success, but the two that really stand out to me are be fearless and be able to adapt to change. You know, you really can't be afraid to go off to success and you can't be afraid of stumbling along the way because it will happen. So being fearless is a very important ingredient. And as Stephen Hawking said, intelligence is the ability to adapt to change. And you know, basically growing up, having a Chinese father and a German mother, being number two wasn't really an option. I lived in Hong Kong, Beirut, uh, Hamburg, Germany, Bahrain, Amsterdam, Hamburg again, then Switzerland growing up. And so adapting to the changes in each country, to each school and each culture was really important to kind of fit in and blend in, you know, as we arrived in each new place. 
But one of the things that greatly impacted my life the most was living in Beirut, Lebanon during the war. When I was 8 to 10 years old, we had moved there from Hong Kong. And the Civil War started, and it was really a time that helped shape me into a fearless person. Uh, because after the war started, basically, we weren't able to pass through neighborhoods to get to school. And my older sister and I would, you know, we had so much free time. We learned to roller skate really well and, you know, go down hills and jump multiple stairs. We would climb cypress trees. And, you know, one of our funnest things to do was collect empty bullet shells and bomb shrapnel in the empty parking lot next to our, our apartment building. So, but at night, of course, it was different. You know, the rockets would start whistling over our apartment building and we could hear bombs go off in the distance and the tut-tut-tut sound of machine guns, you know, sort of getting closer. And it was pretty scary. So pretty much every night I would crawl into my sister's bed and we would wait to see if if the sirens would go off. And, and if they did, we had to file into our ground floor apartment long corridor and all, you know, our neighbors and their children would come down and we would line up and sit huddled against the wall waiting to see if, if we were going to be next or what was going to happen. We waited till the sirens would stop and go back to sleep. It was quite an experience living there. Uh, we finally had to leave um, by passing through gun checkpoints to get to the airport. And we moved to uh, Germany, Hamburg, Germany, which is my mom's hometown. So really this experience, uh, after living in Beirut and living in the other cities that I lived in and countries, those were really nothing compared to <laughs> living in a war zone. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, man, I got goosebumps on my arms from this story. That is absolutely incredible. And at that age for a young girl to be having to somehow deal with that and still have a life around that and the, the fear, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine that in any way when I think about how ideal my childhood was. And there was no fear of anything ever happening other than uh, maybe falling in the ocean after surfing and hitting my head on the reef or something, which is silly after the story you just told me. And let me ask you this, because I mean, talk for hours about your experience there, but you said something where you made the best of it. I mean, you you did things as a little girl still outside. I mean, even if it was as frightening sounding as picking a bullet fragments and shell fragments and things, but you know, you adapted. And that's part of what you talked about in the initial answer to that question of being fearless and just learning to deal with what life had dealt you. Uh, when you look back on that now, the life you're living in the United States where you're relatively safe and I mean, none of that is of any concern anymore. Does it seem like it never happened or is it still resonating in your mind as a memory? And how do you transform that into what you do today in your life? You know, it doesn't resonate anymore. I think, you know, part of becoming successful also has to do with, you know, how you forge ahead and um, a lot of beliefs about being successful. And I really believe we have to work for it and try until it works. So success is a function of, for me, it's setting a very high bar of excellence, of applying oneself using critical thinking skills and working hard and tirelessly to make it happen, especially if you own a business. You know, take pride in your work. You know, triple check the work before it's presented to someone else or to one's clients. 
And it also means, you know, perseverance and dedication and not giving up. I think that's the key. You just can't give up. And that sort of distinguishes a true leader from a follower. It takes believing in oneself and doing the right thing, uh, you know, not only in business, but as a person. So, you know, in, in everyday business uh, dealing, you know, at the end of the day, are we proud of who we are? And do we act in a manner that we ourselves respect? I think that's really important, you know, the ethical aspect of doing business. Success is, you know, really a three-part process. Decide, commit without fear, succeed. And once success has been achieved, be nimble enough to adapt to change. And, you know, this really applies on the racetrack as well. You know, being adapt, able to adapt to change applies to every nanosecond because you really have to respond to a, a moment's notice uh, to changing conditions you know, in the weather, the racetrack, car positions, debris in front of you, you know, if there's a car crash, and being able to choose, you know, one's racing strategies as if by second nature, um, I've learned is really one of the keys of being a winner versus not. Yeah, very well said. Wonderful. Well, let's go back in time a little bit and have you share a story that instigated your own passion for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were indeed a car gal? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've always been, I've always loved cars. But, you know, when I first got my, my 911 in Miami and I'm, I moved here to California, there are so many incredible racetracks and driving roads. And But it really was when I went started going to the racetrack in 2015 with Porsche Owners Club. My first experience was at Streets of Willow and getting up at the crack of dawn and driving up the 14 towards Palmdale and Lancaster, it sort of, you know, allowed me to let go of my everyday worries. And it was just such an incredible feeling. But really, there was one moment that changed my life. And it was in when I was on a business trip in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. And so I had been going to the racetrack a few times, you know, in 2015 and 16, but I really didn't dedicate myself to the motorsport. And I was still running the company I founded, award-winning Neotech Luxury, and we would, you know, do hotel shows over in Dubai. And on one of those trips, uh, the convention center wasn't ready for me to set up. So I decided to go out to the desert and do what I used to love to do when I lived in Bahrain as a 13-year-old which was to ride Arabian horses in the Arabian desert. And this, you know, has always been my bucket list items to do again as an adult. And this is what I did in 2016. And it was just such an ethereal moment with the sun setting in front of me and the full moon rising behind me. And I was dedicating my life to other people, my responsibilities, family, work. And I sort of had lost the sense of who I myself was. So on that horseback ride, it just dawned to me that I want to focus on what I love to do. And what I love to do was to race my 911 on the racetrack. And I decided at that moment that in the ensuing months and years, I would go constantly to the racetrack. And that's kind of what I've been doing with the Porsche Owners Club. I've converted my car to a race, full-on race car and been able to win several championships in my Porsche class. So it's that was really the pivotal moment. Wow, sounds like a movie. <laughs> I mean, it's just fantastic. I love it. Riding an Arabian horse and 
in the Arabian <laughs> desert and making a big change in life and setting a goal and achieving a goal. Fantastic story. I love it. That's cool, Martina. <laughs> well, I would love to take a look at some of the many, maybe a, a challenge, just pick one challenge or a big failure you faced along the way that was somewhat defining for you. But more importantly, what did you learn from that lesson? And how did it help you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career and your life and your business? Mm-hmm. Success doesn't come without mistakes and failures, especially when you own a business or several businesses. And one of my greatest failures, or so I thought for a moment in time, was when I was working as financial controller uh, of the Ian Schrager-owned uh, Philippe Stark Redesign Paramount Hotel in New York City. And at 4.10 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, August 14th, the electricity suddenly went out and my heart sunk thinking that perhaps the electricity bill didn't reach Con Edison on time and they switched off power to a 605-room hotel. And as controller, it was my responsibility, you know, the cash flow, taking care of the finances. Well, it turned out to be one of the major power outages of the Northeast United States, you know, known as the Northeast Blackout of 2003, which was caused by a software bug in the control room in Ohio. You know, power was restored by 11 p.m., but what a day. I mean, my that was my most heart-sinking moment in my entire career. But of course, you know, as there are several instances as, as founder and owner of two award-winning companies where that I considered failures, you know, which we might have failed to deliver on time and especially when there was an important event in involved. But, you know, the fact is everyone makes mistakes, but the important thing is how do we recover? Are we honest and own up to our mistakes? I think that's one of the greatest, most important things is that you're honest about it, you own up to it, you talk about it. You don't just hide the fact that there was a mistake. Um, And the other thing is, do we let our failures set us back or do we get back up in the saddle and try again, basically? And, you know, no obstacles are great enough uh, to get in the way of success. Uh, You know, in fact, obstacles often present an opportunity to find better ways of doing things. Absolutely. Yeah. What a heart-sinking feeling when the lights (laughs) go out in your hotel of 600-plus rooms full of guests. Yeah. What do you do? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, and I love your comments about when you have a situation come up where you make a mistake or you do something foolish, whatever it might be. My goodness, just step forward and stand up. We see this all the time in social media with celebrities and with politicians. And you just go, you know what? People can be very, they can excuse a lot of things. But what they typically don't excuse very well is when you lie about it. That's right. You try to cover it up. You hide it. I'm just face the music for goodness (laughs) sake and move on. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. Wise advice. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and talk about your first really special car, your special vehicle, that first car that you got that had great meaning for you. I have a feeling I know what it might be. (laughs) Well, I hope I don't choke up talking about it. But, you know, my first really special car was and still is my black Porsche 997.2911. And her name is Fire Horse. (laughs) Fire Horse. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've always loved Porsche 911 cars specifically, but, you know, couldn't really afford one until we moved to Miami Beach and I had my second business. And I I bought Firehorse after I had, you know, tried and leased different models of BMW and Mercedes-Benz. But really, I had my eye on, on 911. So when I finally was able to get her, 
it, it was incredible. What, what a difference. I mean, it thrilled me to hear the sound of the engine turn on and to drive the powerful machine. And for the first time, I, I truly enjoyed driving. But really, when I moved to California, my 9-11 became even more important, you know, with all the great driving roads, the canyon runs and, and the racetracks. And it, it became my escape from my everyday life of being a business owner and my family responsibilities. And when I needed time to myself, I would just say bye and I would take her out on drives and it would clear my mind <laughs> and just make me happy. As I mentioned before, when I started going to the racetrack in 2015, that really changed my life even more. You know, I started getting serious and um, in 2017, I drove in the MS Thought class won that championship. And then in 2018, I modified it with uh, Vision Motorsports to an M4 class car. I won that championship. And now I finally am racing my own race car in the GT4 class. So it's super loud and I love it. It's very, <laughs> this Porsche that I call Firehorse, she really changed my life. And, you know, it, it became a symbol of, of who I was and who I am. And it helped me recapture the essence of me that I had lost along the way. It really helped me remember, see, I'm joking. <laughs> it really helped <laughs> me remember who Martina was. So she's my most special car. And, you know, but since she's not street legal anymore, I recently replaced her uh, with um, another Porsche 911, which is a GT3 RS, which I call Silver Ooh. Bullet, which brings me so much joy as well. But the most special is wow. the fire horse. Yeah. Holy cow. Well, that's why they say, Portia, there is no substitute. There isn't. Uh, wow. What a cool story. Well, that's great. And being a Porsche fanatic my entire life, loving and having a lot of 911s, uh, I understand everything you said wholeheartedly. <laughs> Love those cars. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. You've got some very special cars there. Is there a seller's remorse story in your life, Martina, that a car you let go that you wish you had back? Not at all, because I, I have what I love. The two 911s are, are my babies, yeah. and that, <laughs> I have no remorse uh, on selling any car that I ever owned. Good for you. That's good. Nice way to go through life. Well, I would love for you to share what has you excited and fired up with your life this year in 2019. Talk a little bit more about the racing you plan on doing and anything else you want to cover that has Martina very excited about this year? Well, the most, you know, exciting things ahead are, are racing, you know, with the Porsche Owners Club primarily every month, as well as other events such as the Accelerating Change all-women's driving event at Button Willow in March, which I'm driving and instructing at, and, you know, other racetrack events along the way. So that's number mm -hmm. one. Business-wise, I uh, actually left my company, Neotech Luxury, and so I just completed a certificate in digital marketing analytics from MIT to supplement the two Master of Science degrees in accounting and hotel management that I hold. Um, wow. I'm also studying Google Analytics further in depth, as well as beginning a crash course in Mandarin Chinese. My gosh. <laughs> we used to speak uh, Cantonese as children in Hong Kong, but Mandarin is obviously more useful nowadays. But, you know, my passion is, of course, Porsche and cars in general. And, you know, it's, it's more than just cars or driving or racing. It's, it's about doing something you truly love. 
And so, you know, my cars, they make me grin every time I drive them from ear to ear. And along the way, I hope to encourage and inspire younger girls and women to remember themselves, you know, because we, as women especially, we we lose ourselves by taking care of everyone else but ourselves. And we each, as women, have our own interests. But for me, it's a wonderful feeling to be able to express myself through cars, which, you know, I do ad nauseum through my Instagram account. (laughs) And, uh, you know, this area is, is pretty unique. It's, you know, Southern California has over 23 million people, you know, in the region from LA down to San Diego. And it's one of the largest metropolitan areas in the United States. And cars play a huge role. And according to Statista, there are over 14 million cars registered alone in the state of California in 2016. So the amount of This is a business idea. You know, the amount of hours that people are stuck in traffic is rather staggering. So it's also, I believe, an opportunity to target a captured audience because cars provide basically a means of providing a message in a moving billboard form. So ultimately, my goal is I'm working towards collaborating with a luxury goods company to create greater brand, their greater brand awareness and market Mm -hmm. penetration in this large market. Nice, nice. Very, very cool. What's your Instagram so people can follow along with what you're doing? It's my name. It's at Martina Kwan, M-A-R-T-I-N-A-K-W-A-N. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Martina's show notes page. Gee, you're not much of a high achiever, are you, Martina? Maybe you need to up your game a little bit here. Holy cow. You are one busy lady. I, I just love this because what I love most about this is continual improvement. It's kind of that, uh, the old saying about sharpening the saw and always improving, always learning. And no matter what point in your life you're at, always seeking something new and different. Man, you are an inspiration for sure. Well, Martina, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors that make this all possible. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, Thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah! podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah! website at carsyeah.com. 
Hey, Mark Green here from the Cars Yeah! Podcast. Did you know you can now see me on the Cars Yeah! TV show? That's right. Cars Yeah! is now on MAV-TV. I visit some of the past Cars Yeah! guests and take you along for the ride. Go to MAVTV.com to learn more where you can enjoy Cars Yeah! TV. MAV-TV is also available on DirecTV, FuboTV, Fios by Verizon, or you can stream it through MAVTV.com online. And they said I only had a face for podcasting. All right, Martina, we are back, and I have a very uh, introspective question for you here. A little psychology test here. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifested into a vehicle parked in the garage, not what you want to be, this is what you perceive yourself as transformed into a vehicle, what would you be? I would be my own GT3 RS, Silver Bullet. <laughs> it's graceful, powerful, and I love the sound of the naturally aspirated engine. And it's also fearless and nimble enough to adapt to any change. So kind of like... Uh, nicely said. Absolutely. All right. We are entering the last lap. This is a place you've been many times. The white flag is out. Checker flag is about to wave. You're about to cross the finish line in first place again. But I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of that GT3 RS throttle. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? What comes to mind is Bruce Lee's quote, be like water, my friend. So my, my race car, uh, my race coach is race car driver and, and race car builder, Dwayne DeMent of Vision Motorsports. And the way he drives is simply incredible. And what I've realized, you know, from watching him drive my car, watching him drive his own cars, and learn from him in general is that he drives on the racetrack like Bruce Lee practiced Kung Fu. Basically drives like he is smooth water flowing with the track. And what I've learned is that race cars really don't like jerky movements. So the best outcome is when you drive smoothly. Nice. Be like water. Ah, great Bruce Lee. Nice. Now, how about a personal habit of yours? Is there one that you'd like to share that you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? I mean, there are so many habits that are important, but one of the most important to me is reflection. And I often use it doing, you know, while I'm doing one of my favorite things, driving my 911, while listening to loud, liquid drum and bass music. And I, I use the time in the car to reflect on things that I've done and the things that I want to do. So I think it's important to learn sort of reflect back on what we've done, how could we have done things differently, and equally important to have a vision about what it is we want to achieve, um, because setting goals really helps me determine the best path to try and achieve them. Great. Awesome. Now, how about a resource? There are so many great resources for us these days. Is there one in particular you'd like to share? Well, my favorite is motorsportreg.com. So basically, it, it's a website that lists all the motorsports events around the country, such as, you know, track events with Porsche Owners Club, um, events held by the various chapters of Porsche Club of America, such as the one PCALA held with the Accelerating Change event at Buttonwillow, and NASA, SCCA, you know, it has all, all the things that you need to do, even, you know, events like going to the Porsche Experience Center and driving on their simulators. So I, I love that website. <laughs> great, great place. Awesome. Now, if I could wave my magic wand and arrange for you 
to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that individual be? Michael Schumacher. Or ah, in, yeah. In a, yeah. <laughs> the legendary Formula One driver um, who is unfortunately in a coma now, but he was such an amazing driver. He's, of course, German and so calm, cool, and collected. So Michael Schumacher, that's who it would be. Yeah, I always loved watching him race, obviously, because he was so good at it, but also his sheer enthusiasm when he would win a race. I mean, a lot of F1 drivers, I don't know, these days they go up and they don't, they almost don't seem that excited that they won or even if they're on the podium. And he just would always jump in the air and have this big smile. And I just, I mean, it's just such a horrible, ironic thing that happened to him that he would Mm -hmm. fall skiing and hit his head and, but I understand his son is uh, up and coming and racing now. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. But yeah, also, you know, because he, he was with Ferrari and, you know, the Italians are so jubilant, you know, when, when they win. It, it's really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. And being German, very German, obviously, Michael was or is, um, you know, to let that reserved German thought process just go and just be crazy Italian and excited and happy <laughs> that he won. Yeah, right. loved watching him race. Yeah, going all the way back to his days in Benetton and and the other cars that he drove in as well. Yeah, fantastic. Well, how about a book? Is there a book you've read you think our listeners would enjoy? I love reading about business um, and racing, but business-wise, I would say Harvard Business Review's 10 articles on emotional intelligence because I, I'm a firm believer that even more so than someone's IQ, somebody's emotional intelligence and critical thinking skills are really a determinant of how successful a person will be in their life. So Emotional Intelligence by Harvard Business Review. Very cool. I like that. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources. Martina has been so kind to share today on her very own Harj yeah show notes page. Just go there. You can click on all those and find all these great references she has shared. All right, we are up to the checkered flag here, Martina. And this this question could be a bit of a doozy for some people. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet. I'm going to let you keep your daily driver and your race car. We'll count those as separate from collector's cars because I know you wouldn't want to get rid of those. Mm-hmm. This car is something I want you to have fun with. I want you to drive. Uh, you can't sell it to buy a bunch of other Porsches with, so that little trick is off the table or a lot of tires for the track. <laughs> And it's the only collector car you can have in your garage parked next to that black and silver Porsche. So what can I buy you today? Um, I would take a black GT2 RS. <laughs> GT2 R. Okay, now yes. you're going to another level. Well, of course, um, I'm not surprised at that answer very much. In fact, I was uh, down at Bruce Canapa's shop in Scotts Valley, California, just a couple of weeks ago, shooting a couple of episodes of my new Cars Yeah TV show. Mm-hmm. And the day we were there, Bruce said, hey, my new car just showed up. Want to come out and see it? And this transporter showed up. And guess what that car was? It was a black GT2 RS. Oh, wow. A dream yes. car. <laughs> yeah. Martine, I'm going to have our time prying that out of Bruce's hands. Uh, it was brand new. He special ordered it just the way he wanted it. I think that car looks really good in black because mm-hmm. there's so many little black bits and pieces that look a little funny when the car is another color, like almost too much stuff all over the car. But when it's black, it's just right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. GT2. uh, You know, I got to pick up a GT2 years ago. I think it was an 07 down in California and drive it back up here to uh, Gig Harbor, Washington. Spent two days driving that car. Oh my gosh. 
Yeah, fun car. Almost got yeah. in trouble a few times in that thing That's going right. a little too oh, fast. Absolutely, with the state <laughs> troopers. <laughs> yeah, they don't like you when you come buzzing over the hill in a, a bright red car doubling the speed limit. But I won't say I did that. I was thinking about doing it, but I right. would never do that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, Martina, you've taken me on an awesome ride around the track today. I knew this was going to be fun. I want to thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for being part of this spectacular month of women here on Cars Yeah to celebrate uh, women in the automotive industry. Could you offer us a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off down the track in that GT2 RS? Um, First of all, thank you, Mark, for having me. It's it's been a pleasure and an honor. I think the most important thing is be you and you'll attract whoever is similar to you with a similar mindset. So be you, just be you. Simple, simple and easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it works very well. And what's the best way for our listeners, again, to follow along with what you're doing in your life? It would be the Instagram account at Martina Kwan. And there's a link to my email and a profile video, etc. There you go. I'll make sure I put a link to that on Martina's show notes page in the Cars yeah website. Follow along with what this lady is doing. If you can keep up, good luck with that. But I think you'll have a lot of fun following her and all her fun times on the track and uh, new business adventures coming down the line. No doubt your future is very bright indeed. And again, I love what you're doing to help young women and girls uh, dare to be themselves, be fearless, stand up and do what you like in life. Again, you can find everything on Martina's Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to carsyeah.com, type in Martina. Kwan, K-W-A-N is the spelling of her last name, and that page will pop up. Martina, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your many incredible experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you so much, Mark. You're welcome. You take care of your cars. But who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah. Yeah.